All right. This is the Stell Me About It podcast. I'm Stella Graham. This is where I get to talk to interesting people who know some stuff because I need it because I am a little bit thick, people. Now, my guest today is the fabulous Aideen McQueen. Hello, mate. Hello. Hi. Hello. Thank you for inviting me along. Ah, it's always a pleasure to hang out with you. Now, Aideen is a stand-up comedian. We've gigged together many times, but I need knowledge, mate. And I believe that you know a thing or two about recovering from addiction now I think we've really picked a topic right before hilarity today yeah I know and it's like what are your talents my <laughs> talents are really drinking an awful lot for 10 years and then not drinking anymore that's my biggest talent and it's funny because um um you like I um I used to be like my mother used to be so hard on me all the time and she's very hard on my other sisters as well. And I've got a sister, a doctor. She still nitpicks loads, but she is just so happy with me all the time. As long as I'm not drinking, I can do anything I want. So in a way, it's like a blessing. She's just like, well done. You came to Christmas dinner and you didn't get drunk and you didn't bring any weird men. Fabulous. You are just doing so well. So if you want to be rated highly in society, giving up an addiction it's the only disease alcoholism where people are like applaud you for getting better. Mm. Like they're like, wow, you want to get better. Like, you know, it's kind of unfair in a way, but it is something I know a lot about because I did a lot of, a lot of drinking, an awful lot. I was arrested a few times. I'd end up in hospital all the time. I just end up. Yeah. Yeah. So I had, um, it started, I suppose it started to creep in. I was, when I was a kid, I was like always one of those kids that was a thrill seeker. Like I was always jumping off roofs and I'd like love spinning around and spinning around for ages and get that buzz. Like okay. I'd hang my head off the end of the bed and the blood would flow in my head. And I loved that kind of any kind of sensation seeking. Okay. The other thing I loved was escaping into fantasy and daydreaming. And I would never be present in the room. Like, you know, um, I, like everybody else would be listening to the teacher. I'd be looking out the window. Yeah. you know I mean I think I, a I, lot of kids may have had a bit of that or certainly I yeah did. <laughs> of course definitely but I took it to another degree where everybody was just I thought my name was are you listening for about right. the first 10 years of my life and um but I was what I didn't know was I was just like and a lot of comedians are like this kind of escaping into fantasy mm. and then the, my next escape was sugar like I would love sugar I would steal oh, yeah. sugar from the cupboard and I would mix it with water and drink it and I would oh, straight sugar straight sugar man yeah wow. so so, well, you know, it's easy to look back and say, oh, yeah, I had I was always in me. But my first drink when I was 15 and it was just amazing. I just remember drinking it and feeling all my insecurities go and just at one with like, I'm going to say God. It was like getting kissed by God. And now, I what was the drink? What was it you had? OK, yeah, that was a good question. I think me and my friend decided we'd go to a little um, party in, in the quarry, as you do when you're underage, because, you know, nobody IDs you in the quarry. Now, where was this? <laughs> In the quarry in, in my in Ireland. So mm-hmm. like, you know, just a quarry, an old quarry. Just a quarry. And, uh, <laughs> just a quarry. Just, just a, quarry. a quarry. This is okay. country kids. We didn't have like discos to go to yet. And um we I so I just went into the drinks cabinet mm-hmm. and of my parents. And I thought if I just take a little bit of every drink, okay. this will be fine. They won't notice. Right. So I took in, like a little bit of vodka. A little bit of whiskey, mm-hmm. a little bit of limoncello, what I know now to be limoncello, okay. a little bit of brandy, mm-hmm. <laughs> and a little bit of rum. A and little bit of Monica. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little bit of Erica. Yeah, that song is just exactly like that, except mm-hmm. much more horrific consequences. Right. But the 
so I, I, I had that. I didn't realize that you didn't mix drinks. I didn't know that wine before beer, beer before wine stuff. And yeah. I just took a big slug. It didn't do anything to me. I took another slug. It didn't do anything to me. So I said, I better finish this off. <laughs> and then the magic happened. And wow. my, it was just floating. Then I got sick on somebody's shoe. Mm-hmm. Then I blacked out. I ended mm-hmm. up peeing in the, somebody's cupboard. But I still thought Impressive. this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. Yeah. And that was the first go. And I probably blacked out my first time. And I think kids these days are a bit more responsible about mm, drinking because mm. they're all on drugs. But like there is a kind of a very hedonistic thing in kind of I'm being an old millennial millennial. I'm, yeah. You know, I'm just a cusp. But I relate more to that Gen Z kind of Kurt Cobain destructive kind of thing mm-hmm. that happened. Um, we just dry, it was just drink, 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 just smoke weed if you could get it hash, mm-hmm. but just drink as much as you could. And there was no um, like. There was no like microdosing. There was no like okay. drinking for pleasure. It was all hardcore. And I, so I continued how frequently like because some, some of what you're talking about sounds a bit familiar to me too. I think the first time yeah, I got drunk, I was 14. It was diamond white. And uh, yeah, I think I also managed to throw off on someone's shoes. <laughs> yeah, everybody's shoes got puking them in the 90s. That was the way it was. If That's you didn't puke in your shoes, you weren't one of the cool kids. Exactly. Yeah. But, but at what point do you go, well, this is really a problem now? Yeah, you don't, you don't, at the time you don't, you think it's the solution. And um, it wasn't until I got into my, say, 25 years of age and I trained to be a teacher and I was in my first year of training and all my friends were kind of settling down and getting jobs and copping on. And I still wanted to go out every night, but it was doing crazier and crazier stuff. I remember I was at a house party with my mates and I said, where's the toilet? And he pointed upstairs and I just went into a random room and sat down on the toilet and thought wow this toilet is made of wicker that's a bit weird isn't it and pissed Mm. in it and then the next day he came to me like he pissed in my friend's chair you know so stuff like that would happen I'd be so embarrassed I'd go off it for a week and I'd buy them like a hamper from Marks and Spencer's leave it at the door so embarrassed run away I got a moment I thought you were going to say it was one of them old wicker laundry baskets yeah (laughs) sure it's going in the wash anyway I mean (laughs) very true yeah white disposable natural toilet yeah (laughs) so it was starting to be a bit more like where people were like um oh you know oh 18 somebody's gonna have to mind 18 you know when you hear that Mm -hmm. you're like there's something wrong and I remember I did it I did a sponsored I said I do a dry month it was like dry January something like maybe 10 years ago mm-hmm. and everyone was just like oh my god well done we're so proud of you I'm like this oh, is wow. three days in guys it's not that big of a deal <laughs> but when people are heaping praise on you for being off drink for a week you have right. to think maybe I'm not right mm-hmm. then I got arrested yeah at 25 and um, in order to stay in teacher training I had to not get a criminal record so I agreed yeah. to do rehab and I did a like a day rehab I didn't tell my parents I just pretended I was working doing teaching experience and that was like, oh, it wasn't great. We just all made posters about how bad alcohol was. And I, I couldn't really relate because I wasn't really hardcore then. You know, these were people who were drinking in the morning. Mm-hmm. But um, then when I was teaching, I would just, um, my teacher training, I suppose, um, I was, um, I would just, I would be sober all day. And then as soon as I got out of class, I'd be like, when can I go for a drink? And I would just get a, like a, a small bottle of whiskey every night, correct my, correct my, correct my papers and then get you know and get drunk as quickly as possible and then if I woke up again you know I'd get drunk again and I was doing this every night I was like this is out of control 
And did you find like, some of the marking of the papers, like, you know, the first couple would be all right. And then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I remember and said, you comments are very, um, I compared a, a child in year six to James Joyce once. And I think the mother would like, <laughs> that's, well, that's a bit weird. I mean, I didn't go as far. I think I did once got some wine on somebody's papers <laughs> and I had to pretend I lost a coffee or something like that. Just give them an A. It wasn't, it was a me- it was just messy, if messy, it's messy. white wine, you could possibly get away with it, but I think red wine is a bit, you know. Yeah, it's know. really telling. It would nearly be better to have blood, really, I think, <laughs> to say some terrible accident happened. But um, so that was when I first started to, um, go, you know, get try to get sober. And I'd get a few months here, a few months there. Things would kind of get better. But then I'd get into other, I'd start maybe smoking weed or I'd start taking pills or I it's, addiction for me is like whack-a-mole. You know, this game where you have the mole yeah. pops up kind of a 90s game and you whack it down and another mm. mole pops up like you know yeah. I stopped drinking so then I start eating sweets all the time I'm eating too many sweets so I start cigarette smoking then I'm getting a sore throat so I say if I just smoke weed instead and then I'm feeling tired from the weed so it's cocaine and okay. then I'm like yeah I haven't drank in six months but I'm ready to start heroin at any second <laughs> so the it was a long path for me I would get a few even up to years of sobriety but I would get back back into the grips of drinking and it might even be just for a short while but those sprees were getting worse I was arrested again um like I ended up in hospital more times than I can count I mean I remember one time I was in hospital and I came to and I was in hospital and all the nurses knew my name and I was like this is how do you know my name and they're like yeah but you were brought in here the night before as well drunk and disorderly and I was like oh my god so that was a that was bad that it was bad and um so I needed to do something so I had to kind of change my life Mm -hmm. I had to go and do like meetings I had to read a lot of Russell Brand books and listen (laughs) to his podcasts and I know people take the mick out of him Mm -hmm. but if you want to know about recovery he's a very good place to start he has a book about recovery which is really really good I think he just called it arrogantly called it recovery and he doesn't just talk about recovery from addiction like he had because in a way, having an addiction to crack or booze is is in a, a way it's a good thing. It's a blessing because if you have addiction to booze, somebody's going to say something. People are going to stop you. People are going to help you. There's a lot of help out there. Mm-hmm. But if you're just addicted to looking at your ex-boyfriend's Facebook page, <laughs> where's your rock bottom, you know, <laughs> after 200 <laughs> like, like it's, it's difficult. So in Russell Brand's book is very helpful because it talks about everything being addiction and addiction being escape into from some reality into fantasy i mean mm-hmm. some people channel addictive nature addiction in a good way like a lot of people who go into recovery suddenly start running marathons or become workaholics they get yeah. promoted unfortunately i've never had that i've never been addicted to exercise <laughs> or work i'd love to be mm. um but so you're addicted to is, more the fun stuff <laughs> i know yeah exactly oh, it's more appealing um, right it, it can be and I suppose the other good thing about alcoholism is the only disease where you can suffer in a bar you know there's no like psoriasis um parties or there's no like you know cancer bar but there's like you know alcoholics all concrete in bars so you so in a way and it's a fun place yeah. they're playing yeah. music people are hanging out yeah uh, you know they kind of are but when you go to I used to love at the end I used to go to these like early houses because I'd be gagging for a drink and, you know, they don't in Ireland, as in England, law, licensing laws are quite strict, especially on a Sunday. They don't start selling drink till 12 mm-hmm. in Ireland. And you'd be sh- you'd have the shakes 
and mm. there'd be certain if you could get into a taxi I, you go to the airport this is awful advice now which go to, if you're really hanging if you think you're going to die <laughs> go to the airport often train stations have a bar open as well or if you go to the the, the keys or the port mm-hmm. in a town that's near the sea some of these bars will have a weird licensing law and you go into a bar with loads of old fishermen and it's just mm. you and your miniskirt walk of shame downing a double whiskey like um, but they'll you know if you're quiet and don't mind them but it's not that's not a happy place that's sad air like in the morning so, so what do you think was sort of like uh the key thing for you was it just like a sort of a culmination of lots of things of the hospital the arrests russell's yeah book? It's, uh, yeah doing doing going to i went to a treatment center and um i did did a lot of therapy you have to change your life you have to drop certain friends that you just would drink with anyway you have to get it you have to completely brainwash yourself with positive the way I brainwash myself with drink I had to brainwash myself with other things so you think you're about to yourself how much time did I spend drinking I drink every day for hours really then you have to spend the same amount of time that you did drinking doing positive stuff mm-hmm. and it's a, it's a, the accumulation of small things like exercise a bit of meditation um go, talking to people um you know and I'm still far from from there you know I still feel like an alien in my own body a lot of the time and the anxiety will still come up that was the great thing about drink anxiety gone Mm. until the end where you're drinking and the anxiety is still there and it doesn't work right and then you can replace it like you can easily get in what I used to do is I'd get sober for a bit then I'd find a boyfriend be really delighted and then we're like oh yeah I'm recovered let's have a drink and then Uh within a while he'd be like wow she was so much fun at the start and now she's like turning up to my work drunk what's going on (laughs) that's I was going to say because certainly working in comedy a lot of the time you're right next to a bar and people are like, hey, do you want a drink? And that that temptation. That is. And you get paid. You're almost it's one of the few jobs where you're expected almost to drink. Mm. You know, comedians go up to the to the stage in a, with a drink. I mean, imagine if I went in to teach a kid at primary school and like just opened a bottle of wine and everyone clapped for me. And I was like, yeah, OK, let's do some times tables now. So it is I mean, in a way an awesome. I think some of those who are, who are teaching on Zoom right now, you don't know what's in that mug, in that flask. Yeah, <laughs> true. Watch Whatever out, kids. <laughs> Very careful. But they, um, the idea is, I suppose, to, to fill your life with something else. You need to have some some aim in your life which is bigger than the want to drink. Mm-hmm. I suppose comedy is good like that because I I want to do comedy and want to perform. And I used to think drink like made me so much funnier and looser mm-hmm. and all cool. And then I remember listening back to a gig I recorded when I was a few sheets to the wind, <sighs> and that it's like this is terrible. Were you staring? Like the audience are generally worried about me, you know, mm, mm. and I would be way too revealing. I would tell these really graphic sexual stories on stage <laughs> and people would be like, ah, like nervous laughter uh-huh. is not good, mm. you know, and it wasn't even like of what I was saying. It's like, is she going to fall, you know, and wow. I did a competition really drunk. I was in the final of the Irish Comedian of the Year and it was my only chortle review. And she was like, her fake drunk act isn't very good or something isn't quite convincing. And I was like, oh, my God, I was in blackout for that. I wish I'd seen my own act, you know, so it was hurting my career. It was hurting my relationships. It was hurting my family. And, you know, you think you have a rock bottom and then suddenly you get a few good months and then you're you're back on it. So I have to really be careful, even around my period. You have to listen to your cycle, ladies, about everything. Um, you should get that app Clue if you don't have it, guys. Shout out for Clue. Um, you, I'd be more sensitive to wanting to drink you know so wow. it's I don't know if it's in me or not it's in my family so you know I kind of have 
kind of decided it's probably genetic and not to worry too much about the roots of it and just worry about keeping on top of it. So what is your relationship um, now with alcohol? Um, we're divorced. Okay, good. That's it. I can't I can't take a drop because once it's in my system, even yeah. mouthwash, I'd be like, because oh. I used <laughs> to drink mouthwash. Yeah. And um, because when you drink mouthwash, there's alcohol in it, but it doesn't smell. Mm-hmm. So people are like, she seems drunk, but her breath is so perfect, you know? Her teeth are sparkling. Um, yeah. So I drank perfect. I drank my mother's Chanel number no. five once. Never. She was so upset. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I really went to the to the the pits of it. I was um never homeless, thank God. Um, but I was I was I was like without dresses for a while, but and just hopping around from place to place and from man to man and stuff. And it's a just a seedy seedy life. And um, so I'm much I'm as they say, Americans say I'm in a good place now. You I'm are. feeling so much centered. I'm in a house. I'm not in a bar, and I'd love to. I mean, if I could still drink um, two drinks and just mm-hmm. walk away from it, I would do that. Even if I could drink a bottle of wine a night mm-hmm. and leave it, I probably would choose that because I just the, it's a very romantic idea to me, and I've always like fantasized about it. But it's it doesn't. It's for me. I'm broken. Whether I broke was always like that, or whether it happened because of overexposure to drink. I don't know but um it's it's gone for me now yeah it's mm. we're divorced and I've got a restraining order against drink but he was my best boyfriend for years and years and years he loved me he made me feel good about myself he, I made me feel beautiful he made me feel confident but it all turned <laughs> fair enough well you're looking good for it mate uh now everybody loves a shout out would you like to shine a spotlight on a mate yeah so I have a very good mate called Charlie Harrison mm-hmm. and she runs a tour company called Lund- or T- Tailored Tours so at Tailored Tours and she's very successful she's doing loads of live tours of London it's not your usual kind of boring tour where a tour guide just spurts stuff out she knows London inside out and she lets you design it so you can mm-hmm. bring a small group you can bring a big group she'll go and have a pint with you in a cool bar she'll bring you up to unusual places you could do graffiti tour you could do food tours any tour imaginable because she's got loads of guides contracted and you can do them now she's not doing tours a lot in real life at the moment obviously mm-hmm. but she did this really cool thing where she does virtual tours. So she'll have like um, um, one of those selfie, selfie sticks stick. and she'll show you around Trafalgar Square right. and people log in and watch. Okay. And it's been really successful. So she had like, she does it for groups or she does it for random people, but at Tailored Tours, it's really, really good. And um, she, I really admire her. Like she brought the business from scratch to, to having a staff with her and like 20 contractors. So that is my shout out to Charlie. Charlie Harrison, good stuff. Uh, right, are you working on anything now? Anything we should be stalking you on? Um, I've got a few things up on YouTube, my YouTube channel, Aideen McQueen, and I am working on something at the moment. I wrote a poem about all the different rules about lockdown, how like there's been 64 law changes since the wow. start of lockdown. Mm-hmm. That is crazy. I think the government are really, there's no decisiveness in, in the government. They're not really giving the people guidance. They've They've improved lately, but... It's been really a roller coaster for people. And I've made this poem and I was really happy with it. But then my sister was like, I think you might be a bit too flippant. So I have to go back and look at it and be like, not offensive. Because, you know, when you're getting into sometimes your comedian brain, you forget, oh, no, there's actual real people here. So I have to make it clear that I'm, like, I'm on the people's side. I'm just not, not on the government side. Okay. So I'm, I, that'll be up in the next few days. All once right. I've we'll be- made, yeah, 
uh, sorry i'm giving wait that's always really boring guys not at all no 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 we will be and, uh, um, posting links to all of that good stuff yeah just here on youtube what else? we could say comedians do countdown that i've oh, often going on instead of this as well with a friend that's uh nicole aris it's on her instagram nicole aris because she's cockney of course no h mm -hmm. and um anything else that i'm doing um that's about it i'm available to do quizzes online if anyone's listening <laughs> i can do a quiz about your family just give me photos and i will make up a story it'll be funny totally inaccurate but totally funny Awesome. All of the links to all of your good stuff. And of course, Charlie Harrison will be posted below here on YouTube. Great to hang out with you, Aideen. Thanks so much for coming. Lovely. On. Thank you so much for inviting me. No worries. Cheers.